All right. Anybody in here born to prophesy? Come on. That was a hot meeting last night, baby. Come on. Is anybody in here born to prophesy? I have a feeling that the devil is in trouble. Come on, man. You with me on that? The devil is in trouble. Turn to your neighbor and tell him the devil is in trouble. Because I was born to prophesy. (laughs) Come on. You don't need me to tell him. Do it again. Tell him the devil's in trouble. Because I was born to prophesy. Man, we've had just an amazing time. For those of you who haven't been with us, um, just amazing deliverances. Friday night, yesterday morning was absolutely just the intimacy of that intercession group. Just crazy. Last night with the youth, man, the youth, uh, just that anointing that came in here last night and the the shift that happens. um, and just a couple things, you know, that, that intercession group, um, I just want to encourage you. Um, I appreciate everything you do. I know Cricket and Jen appreciate everything you do. And I just encourage you to go deeper in the Holy Spirit because the church is going to go where you pray. The vision that the Lord gives you to move the church is actually a function of the relationship and expectation of intercession and the expansion of the glory of God that has been prophesied, right, in in the book of Isaiah, that you tap into that heart of the Lord and you pray that into right here in El Dorado, Arkansas. Amen? Amen. And so, uh, just one other thing. When you guys are praying, um, where's the curses at? The, um, the Kersies are going with me to India here in a few weeks. They're going to have a crazy time in the Holy Ghost with me. Um, so I appreciate any type of air cover you guys can do. Uh, you know, it's, it's kind of a, it's a crazy place. It's, it's not America. Um, you're going to see all kind of crazy stuff. And, uh, but anyway, appreciate uh, all your prayers and... You know, that shift, I don't know if anybody could feel the shift last night, but when you guys turned to each other as a church and you started to prophesy over each other, I felt a shift, man. I mean, I don't know if you saw those youth over there, but when the youth are shaking and trembling in the presence of the Lord, something's happening. Amen. Amen. And so um, I, I went home and I started asking the Lord questions about... Just the whole thing, man, because as, as a minister, I dream of those nights. And um, just a heads up, your pastor gave me a Red Bull right before service. So I'm not responsible for anything crazy that happens in here today. But <clears throat> I dream of nights like last night. And uh, so I started asking the Lord some questions. And uh, the Lord just started showing me, um, you know, there was an oil on this on this house. Um, and the name of the oil was called survival, but I saw, I saw angels washing off that oil and putting a new oil on the house. And I believe it's the, the oil of victory and not to be a cliche, but, um, you, it's almost like the shift is that you for a season had to work to survive, but now you're going to live in a place of victory. Amen. 
And something that I think is going to be part of that shift is um, a, a change that's happening in your pastors. Um, I had a dream last night, um, and in this dream, Shelly and I, um, we were put in this new vehicle. A new, uh, it was a brand new Corvette. And there was an angel sitting in the back. Coincidentally, this angel's name was Adoption. Um, imagine that. I preached on adoption on Friday night. And this angel, the Lord gives me a dream about adoption. Um, and anyway, this angel named Adopt- Adoption had his head out of the window. And he's, he's screaming at Cricket and Jen. He's saying, fill her up! Fill her up! And... I saw cricket take, you know how on NASCAR they pick up those big gas cans, they hit the, and like 40 gallons of gas go right into the gas tank. Cricket's out there trying to pick up the gas tank, right? And he's trying to get it up, he gets it up, and he drops it, and Jen, Jen walks over, she goes, I'll try to pick it up. She picks it up, she almost gets it up, she drops it, and then I saw them together. Going and picking up this gas tan, and they 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 fuel they fuel the Corvette named Adoption, Amen. And I believe the shift that that was introduced here last night. There's going to be a shift in um, the concept of you having a worker. And, and fulfilling obligations to um, have parts of things that need done in the church. And the shift is that you're going to fuel ministries. Jen, Jen and Cricket, you're, you're going to shift into the realm of fueling ministries because the people that you have mothered and fathered are shifting into the concept that they're not coming to church anymore to survive. They're coming to church to be part of a victory that will fuel... The, re- the, the, the restoration, the deliverance of captives, the healing of brokenhearted. There's ministries being birthed in this house. I'm telling you, there's ministries being birthed in this house. It's not just you're coming to fulfill a duty. It's a shift in mentality that you weren't just like, you know, surviving in, like you did in the old days. You're walking in with, a, with an intent and a purpose, a confidence that whoever walks through that door, you have a mission to bring deliverance. Deliverance to. Amen. 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 So Jen and Cricket, I declare over you, there's a shift. I I just decree that the shift in this house, I decree the shift in this house, that together you are going to fuel something you've never been able to fuel before. In Jesus' name, this concept of adoption is birthing sons and daughters who are going to be ministers of the gospel. The vision is that you fueled our ministry. You fueled our ministry and we're able to go places because you guys together pick up a gas can and send us. Amen? Amen. There's people in here going to be equipped to be sent and go places to minister. Prisons, other churches, out into the city. Amen? Amen. Are you with me? Amen? All right. Hallelujah. (sighs) <laughs> so, you know, this concept that we started talking about last night about, you know, David heard the giant calling, heard the giant mocking his, his, his people. 
And something rose up in David, and he says, I'll go fight this giant. But Saul says, well, here's my armor, right? And David says, no, 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 this doesn't fit. And actually, I don't need your armor, Saul. He takes it off, and he runs to the brook. He runs to the river, a symbol of the Holy Spirit. And he reaches in and gets five stones, right? He reaches into a place that you can't really see, but you expect in. Anybody expecting the Holy Spirit? Anybody expecting the Holy Spirit? Because if you expect in the Holy Spirit, all this other junk, all this religious stuff and things that you think you need by, you know, higher ups and all this other stuff, it really doesn't matter because if you reach into the to the river of the Holy Spirit, the word, the the prophetic stone is pulled out of the Holy Spirit. You have to search into the Holy Spirit. You have to expect into the Holy Spirit. You have to cry out and hope into the Holy Spirit, right? Are you with me? You see, the, pro- the problem is that when we, we, when we get into tough situations, we have this mindset that, oh, woe is me. Oh, here we go again. This is all I ever have to deal with. But can I tell you this? God is the God of the impossible. He raises people up who expect to walk into impossible situations because they know that the God of the impossible walks with them and He speaks into the darkness and releases light into dark places. That's the power of the prophetic. That's the power of seeing in the Holy Spirit. Amen? That's, that's the power of no matter where you go, no matter where you walk, that you're never alone. That you walk with the God of the universe, the most powerful force on earth. That whenever you hear a giant, that whenever you see somebody in prison, whenever you see somebody broken, you know how to tap into that river. Because when you tap into that river, there's the most powerful force on earth, or actually the most powerful force in heaven, You have the ability to reach into heaven through the Holy Spirit, that anointing that you've been equipped with. You reach into heaven to hear what the Lord is saying. You pull it back and it kills the giant, that impossible thing that stands before you. Amen? 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 Amen. So the question is, do you know how to tap in? Do you know how to get into the Holy Spirit? Do you expect in the Holy Spirit? Or do you expect in your, you know, do you expect in your employer? <laughs> do you expect in, I don't know, whatever you expect in. Those are, you know, cool things to have support structures. But at the end of the day, when you get into an impossible, tough situation, do you expect in the Holy Spirit? Because it's the Holy Spirit where the living stone is, is granted access, right? The, the, the living stone is Christ. He's the ultimate answer to every situation, every problem that, that you deal with. There's a, there's a scripture in uh, Revelation 19, um, starting with verse 10. I'm just going to read it here. It says, for the testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. Right? To actually testify is to actually walk into impossible situations and uh, begin to prophesy to the darkness what you reached in and grabbed in the Holy Spirit. Amen? Amen. You see, you can talk about all the things that Jesus accomplished. Those, those are true whether you believe it or not. 
He went, he came to earth, he took sin and death to the grave, he conquered it, but he gave you the Holy Spirit. So that you could testify by walking into impossible, dark places. And you begin to, because you know the spirit of prophecy, you change that atmosphere. You change that very place, that situation, because of the word of the Lord. Okay? Amen? You might say, well, that guy, he's pretty extreme prophetic. I don't know how else to live, man. I tried living... I tried living, you know, on my own with with my own strength. But what I found in my own strength, (laughs) it doesn't work, right? It doesn't work. And so the, the reality is this spirit of prophecy. How many of you who were born to prophesy? Wait, how many? Turn to your neighbor and tell him I was born to prophesy. <laughs> now I saw heaven open and behold a white horse. He who sat on him was called faithful and true and in righteousness he judges and makes war. His eyes were like a flame of fire and on his head were many crowns. He had a name written that no one knew except himself. He was clothed in a robe dipped in blood and his name is called the Word of God. The Living Stone. Christ, the guy who sits on a horse, eyes burning in fire. He's actually sitting on his horse right now waiting for you to reach into that river and pull out this living stone, this victorious Christ. That's the promise, man. That's the promise of the Father. That you are never alone. That when you look at all the impossible things that are, that are around you, you reach into the river of the Holy Spirit in this supernatural force called the victorious Christ, the living stone of God. You reach in, you grab that stone, and you begin to sling that stone at that giant. Am I talking to the right crowd? Does anybody in here have giants in their life? Huh? Anybody in here have a giant that needs taken down? You see, you need to dig in, into the river of the Holy Ghost. The anointing that you receive from the Father is not like just one, a one-time trip to the altar and, ah, oh, man, that felt good. And, and then you just go on living hopelessly, bound in fear, bound in anxiety, letting your giant rule over you. Is anybody letting your giant rule over you? Come on, you're not letting your giant rule over you, are you? Come on, man. How many of you are dealing with the depression that your parents dealt with? How many of you are dealing with the same disease that your parents dealt with? Come on, man. The curse, is, the curse goes from generation to generation. But Jesus became a curse on a tree. He took sin and death to the grave. And He ascended into heaven to give you the living word against the, your enemy. Amen? Are you guys with me over there? Amen? Listen, I'm telling you, you are not a victim. Christ did not come to this earth and go to the cross as a victim. He went to the cross with a purpose. He he made a beeline to the cross so that the same victory that He had when He went to hell and conquered the darkness, 
He ascended into heaven to send you the Holy Spirit so that you live in a victorious mindset and an expectation that no matter what giant, what disease, what pain, what depression, whatever it is, that you conquer that same thing in the anointing, in the power, the river of the Holy Spirit. You pull out stones and you begin to throw those stones. You see, the problem is the church lost their slingshot. Does anybody have a slingshot? Listen, you got to grab stones. It's not like, okay, this whole David story is like an option. Like, I don't really need living stones. No, you need living stones. You need prophetic utterance. You need dreams. You need visions to conquer the very thing that has haunted you, weighed you down, broken your forefathers. Am I talking to anybody today? Amen. You see, your address is supposed to be five Stonebrook Drive. You see, Saul, who tried to clothe David and look righteous, he was up on top of the mountain shaking. He was afraid to go into the valley. Am I talking to anybody? You see, David wasn't afraid to go into the valley to fight a giant because he knew the brook ran through that same valley. It wasn't the essence of the presence of the giant. David wasn't looking at the giant. He was looking down off of that mountain where Saul and his whole army was shaken in fear. And he ran down and reached into the brook to find the stone that killed Goliath. Does anybody feel like they're in a valley? There's a river in your valley. Turn to your neighbor and tell them there's a river in your valley. Tell them you were born to dwell at Five Stonebrook Drive. (laughs) You see, at first I didn't like it because fear and anxiety would come on me so greatly. But I had to learn that the Lord was taking me to Five Stonebrook Drive. I felt the presence of this evil thing, this giant, this, this darkness that would, that would hover over me. But at the same time, I, le- I had to learn that, oh my goodness, Five Stonebrook Drive. Five Stonebrook Drive. Tell your neighbor you need to live. You need to park yourself at Five Stonebrook Drive. It's not the darkness. Tell them it's not the darkness. It's the river that you were born to see. It's the river that you were born to reach into. Amen? You see, Five Stonebrook Drive, maybe you should take out a pen or a marker and just you know start tattooing that all over your body. Put it on your forehead. Talk to yourself in the morning. Weren't you born to prophesy? I live at Five Stonebrook Drive. <laughs> You see, the concept, the the Lord had to teach me over a period of time about how powerful His anointing is and what the expectation of His anointing is. Is anybody expecting the Holy Spirit? But do you act in expectation of the Holy Spirit? Those are two different things. It's kind of cliche. You can say you're in church, oh yeah, I believe, I believe. But where the rubber meets the road is when you're in your bedroom at night and that thing that's haunted you and you lay, you lay there and shake 
You lay there and cry, or do you roll over and start declaring war? Do you roll over and stand up and start reaching into the Holy Ghost and start declaring war on that thing that hovers over you, works against you, tries to defeat you and keep you bound and broken and limited, trying to keep you from stepping into your real calling in Christ, trying to keep you from becoming the youth minister you were called to be, trying to keep you from becoming that guy who goes and takes the gospel into the prisons. Am I talking to anybody? You see, because until you get the revelation that there's always a river flowing in the place of the valley, you see, I had this dream, this dream's probably about five, five years ago. In the midst of what I would call the, one of the darkest seasons of my life, the Lord gives me this dream. And, you know, the Lord has a sense of humor, but some, sometimes, it, you know, he's a little bit over the top. <laughs> I had this dream. and um, it, Anybody ever dream they were in a coffin like you were buried alive? In this dream, I'm, I'm, I'm in a dark place and I'm kicking and I, and I realize my hands are all around. I realize I'm in a coffin. They thought I was dead and they buried me. And I'm like, I'm going to literally die in this place. I'm actually not dead, but I might as well be dead. Anybody have a feeling of I may as well be dead? You see, here's the deal. I'm laying there, and all of a sudden, I can, I can hear these shovels going down in the dirt that, that's above me. And these, these shovels, and they get lower lower, and they get to the top of the coffin. And uh, they, op- they finally uh, pull the coffin out, and they open the lid, and the, the coffin is tilted. And there's like four angels that pull me out of the coffin... And all of a sudden, they start laughing. They're bent down. They're looking inside the coffin, and they're laughing like, ha, like, ha, ha, ha. and I'm like, "What are you guys laughing at?" And they 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 said, "Look, look." And I look in the coffin, and the oil that was upon me had drained to one corner of the coffin, and there was this dark spirit. Its name was Death, and it was wrapped around the top of the coffin, and it was shaking in fear. It was trembling because of the presence of the oil that was in the coffin with me. And the angels were, they turned to me, and they they looked at me, and they said, the Holy Spirit still resurrects people. The Holy Spirit still takes people out of dead places. The Holy Spirit still reaches into dead places and lifts them up out of that dead, dark place. So take that as a word for you today. You may feel like you're in a coffin. You may as well be dead, but I'm here to tell you that's a lie from the devil because sin and death is absolutely afraid of the anointing of the Holy Ghost. The anointing of the Holy Ghost is the very essence. It's the one thing Jesus actually gave you. He gave you everything you need. It's not like you have to like learn like all this stuff, memorize all this stuff, or, or be, be better, be good, whatever. You have one thing, the Holy Ghost. Jesus ascended into heaven after the resurrection, and He sent upon you one thing. Your pastor prayed for a day of a mighty rushing wind. Your pastor prayed for a day where the wind of God would come and and awaken a people. And they would begin to prophesy. They would begin to pray in tongues. They would enter the supernatural. You know, the church at at the beginning days, they didn't have a written Bible. They were the Bible. 
They carried the Holy Spirit everywhere they went and the Gospel spread supernaturally everywhere they went. Everywhere they went, the darkness could not be stopped. They walked with the force of God, the anointing of the Holy Spirit. Amen? Anybody have a simple understanding of their need of the Holy Spirit? What if you spent your time with the Holy Ghost? That dark thing that haunts you in your room doesn't have a chance. It's actually intimidating you. You know what intimidation is? Intimidation is actually trying to rule over you from a position of actual defeat. They know that you're victorious, but they're taking something from you that you don't know you have. You see, people... I mean, just think about the concept. You have, have the anointing of the Holy Spirit, but you don't know that death and disease and depression, anxiety, all those things were already defeated. So that thing's intimidating and trying to take your anointing. It's trying to take your power. It's trying to take your victory. Am I talking to anybody? Can I tell you, death is afraid of the anointing. Disease is afraid. It's actually, it trembles. It hides in the corners of coffins from anybody who's truly anointed. Amen? You see, the anointing of the Holy Spirit is the centerpiece of the gospel. He gave it to you as a gift. You see, when David, when, when David had the revelation that he reached in and got all the weapons he needed, he didn't need all of Saul's armor. He reached in and got five stones out of the brook in the midst of the valley where the giant was trying to intimidate him. Lord over him. Lord over a whole nation. Lord over a whole city. But he reached into the brook and he pull, pulls out stones. And he was so confident in the Holy Spirit. He says these words. This is First Samuel 17, verse 45 to 47. David said to the Philistine, You come to me with a sword and a spear and a javelin, but I come against you in the name of the Lord God Almighty, the God of the armies of Israel, whom you have defied. This day the Lord will deliver you into my hand. I will strike you down and take your head. Has anybody turned to their enemy lately and said, I am so confident in the power of the Holy Ghost and the word the Lord has given me that I, uh, this day, will strike you down and take your head. You see, you need to turn to your neighbor and tell them about the disease and the thing that's haunted you and say, this day, I strike down cancer. This day, I strike down Oppression. This day I strike down limitation. This day I strike down poverty. I take the head of poverty. Because that's the gift. He's a victorious God. He, he takes people into impossible situations. Amen? You guys okay? <laughs> Are you guys glory fried? Are you guys like overwhelmed by the, by the glory from the last three days? Are you sitting there like this, like you're drunk? Maybe, maybe you're intoxicated. Maybe those angels that were laughing because they saw the power of the anointing. <laughs> maybe, maybe, that's, maybe that's what I'm looking at out here. You guys are like... <laughs> Amen. Amen. You see, David had the nature of his father. 
David had the absolute nature of his father. It wasn't just the oil. It was the change that the oil caused in David. David was in flat out love with his father. With, with, with heaven, with Jesus Christ. He was in such love with him that he became like him. Impossible situations caused him to do this. Like those angels. <laughs> Can you picture David? You, you see, the church paints a picture. The old religious church paints a picture of David. Oh, I'm going up against the giant. Oh, oh my God. I don't know how this is going to work. But you know what David did? I can picture David like this. David's up on that mountain. David, hear, David hears a call of that giant. And he's up there going, ah! I'll take on that giant. He's like, where's he at? Where's he at? Where's he at? He runs down. He runs. He takes off Saul's army. He runs down into the valley. Rips out a stone. And he says, I'll take your head. I'll take your head. I'll take your head. Do you ever wake up out of bed? Oh, another day. Oh, there's going to be giants in the land today. Oh, I don't know how I'm going to get through it. Or do you get up out of bed? Because an angel shook you up out of bed and said, It's time to go to war, David. It's time to wake up and go to war. Oh! You see, you got to have a war cry. You gotta have an expectation that you you're gonna fight today. Jesus said the kingdom of heaven suffers violence, and the violent take it by force. Is there a violence in you? Is there a violent expectation of victory in you? That you're not just surviving, that you are victorious in Christ, that you are a daunting force on this earth, that you aren't just like some lame duck. The church is full of lame duck Christians. Happy just to make it on Sunday. You weren't born again just to make it here on Sunday getting by. Are you with me? Are you with me? You see, you were born to shake nations. You were born to change atmospheres. You were born to fight the fight. Didn't Paul say that? You you were born to fight the good fight? Fight the good fight? Do I have any warriors in here? Can I get some music? Do I have any warriors in here? You know what I think? I think I've had, I see, I see a lot of people that are like, they're kind of warriors in hiding. You really, you kind of still have that old school church thing like, I'm just happy to get in here on Sunday. Let's sing this, some of those old buys. How's that sweet by and by? Sweet by and by. <laughs> Can you picture David's church? I mean, are you serious? Can you picture David's church? Can you picture what he reproduced? Do you know that David wasn't the only giant killer? Turn to your neighbor and say, tell him David wasn't the only giant killer. David produced giant killers. And that was the prophecy over your pastors this morning that 
There's going to be a multiplication of ministers in this house. David's church. Can you picture David's church? Can you picture, you know, instead of people pulling in the parking lot, rolling over, yawning. Cowboys are on this afternoon. Woo, can't wait. Can you picture a hundred people running into the sanctuary? Ah, We get to worship the Lord. Giants are falling today. We're going to take down cancer. We're going to take down pain. Nothing dark can stand in this place. What would it look like? What would it look like? What would it look like? Come on, say it, man. I'm a giant killer. I'm a giant killer. Say, I was born to kill giants. I was born to kill giants. Come on, man. Say it. I was born to kill giants. I was born to kill giants. Say it, brother. I was born to kill giants. Come here, man. Say it with me. I was born to kill giants. I was born to kill giants. Say it again. I was born to kill giants. You see, you were born to kill giants. You see, for a long, long time, you've been a passenger coming into church. But I see you in the years ahead driving a bus. I see you driving a vehicle with people that you pick up around the city, bringing them to a house that's real. You see, you've been looking at church for a long, long time thinking, what is this like ritual process, this routine that has no power? But the Lord's going to start speaking to you and revealing to you the power of the Holy Ghost. And it's going to change your whole perception. It's okay to look at what's fake and call it fake. But the Lord says, I'm going to show you the real thing. I'm going to show you what it was like to be David. And it's going to set you on fire so great that it's going to shake you from the inside out. And you're not going to be able to be silent. You're going to drive ministry vehicles. So I just decree over you in the name of Jesus that the Lord is calling you. He's going to awaken you in the night and reveal to you the power of His Spirit. It's going to transform you. It's going to awaken you. And He's going to put stones in your hands and giants are going to fall before you. So in the name of Jesus, I just decree over you, fire in the name of Jesus. Let the fire...